Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Littmer, one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I am pleased to have this opportunity to talk to you today. When I was a kid in high school, I was spared the chore of reading The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, and I'm grateful for that, even though it occupies a very important role in the history of literature. But when thinking about it, there was an ancient mariner long before that work ever appeared. That man's name was Noah. The account of Noah and the ark is loved and appreciated by untold millions of people who have never gone to sea, never taken an ocean voyage or a cruise. This is a story of a truly righteous man, a great preacher as well but essentially a great man of faith. There are so many wonderful lessons that we can learn from this magnificent story of a man who obeyed God's warnings of an impending storm. We'll go to Genesis chapter 6 and read the account. We'll look first at verses 5 through 8 and then verses 13 through 19. Here we go with 5 through 8. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Skipping down now to verses 13 through 19, we find, Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them, and behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms, and shall cover it inside and out with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark 300 cubits, its breadth 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and finish it to a cubit from the top, and set the door of the ark in the side of it. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I, even I, am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. In Hebrews chapter 11, 
what I like to refer to as the great hall of fame of, of, of faith, we find Noah being talked about. After defining faith in verse 1 as the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen, the Hebrew writer begins to give a glorious example after example to illustrate just how faith is demonstrated and made complete by deeds of obedience to the will of God. Among the many heroes of faith we find some described in verses 33 and 34 as those who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. And yes, there in the midst of such a group of heroes of faith stands Noah. Even in this illustrious hall of fame, so to speak, Noah stands forth with prominence, and no wonder, for he is one of the best known and most beloved of those great men and women. Looking at verse 7, we find, By faith Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I believe that in this verse we can see the keys that led to what we will call Noah's success. First we find, by faith, Noah. Here is the foundation of Noah's favorable acceptance with God. Verse 9 of Genesis chapter 6 tells us, These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. He obeyed God in all that he was commanded and became a preacher of righteousness. We'll look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, where we are told, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. All of this was because of Noah's great faith. In a depraved time, when men scoffed at God and every thought of their hearts was only evil continuously, Noah rose above the infidelity and worldliness. There were no misgivings when storms, warnings were hung in the clouds of heaven, nor when the fountains of the deep erupted. Noah's faith did not waver in the face of apparent apathy toward his preaching. Nor did it waver when the flood did come and destroyed the living creatures, including man, left on the earth. Going back to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, we find Noah being warned by God. This reveals how Noah's great faith was obtained. A warning was spoken and Noah believed God. Notice how often it is said that Noah, God said to Noah, it is found in Genesis chapter 6, verse 13, chapter 7, verse 1, chapter 8, verse 15, and so on. Thus the faith that Noah had came by and through the word spoken by the Lord. God is unchanging, and he still imparts faith through the same source today. If a person is going to have faith, 
It is still going to be through those things that God has revealed in his word. Most Bible students know Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, which tells us, So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. While we can know certain attributes of God by his creation, when it comes to knowing his will, there is only one source, and that is the word of God. The divine pattern of saving faith is clearly seen. It is the same now as it was then, hearing, believing, and obeying. What did God warn Noah about? Hebrews 11 and verse 7 tells us about things not yet seen. In a way, we could say that this reveals the realm of Noah's faith. Noah had not seen God, but he believed in him. It is also very possible that Noah had not seen a drop of rain in his life but he believed God. The indication of the scriptures appears to be that rain had not yet fallen, but that the earth was watered by a mist, according to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 6. But God had spoken, and Noah began the preparations for the greatest rain in history. That was working, obedient faith. Surely Noah could not figure out just how he was going to get a perfectly complete menagerie into the one boat, but he kept right on building. Noah could not possibly say just how the water would rise 15 cubits above the highest peak and mountain, but when it did, Noah was ready for it. Even though these things were not yet seen, Noah didn't hesitate to trust God. A man's faith that is no longer than his eyesight is to be pitied, because when you think about it, that is what caused the world to be destroyed by the flood. As we move on in Hebrews 11 and 7, we find that Noah acted in reverence. When God spoke to Noah, he moved in reverential fear and awe to obey implicitly and exactly all that God had commanded. There was no quibbling over non-essential matters on any point that he didn't especially like or things that did not coincide with his previously held opinions. He didn't argue with God. After having received a definitive pattern for the construction of the ark, Noah carefully obeyed every detail. One of the clearest statements of the Bible pertains to Noah and his response to the commands of God. It is found in Genesis 6 verse 22 and it says it simply, Thus Noah did. According to all that God had commanded him, so he did. One man said that Noah knew that the right thing could not be done in the wrong way. I like that. Noah's carefulness to build according to the pattern God had given him was merely a demonstration of Noah's respect for God's word. It also serves as a tremendous lesson for us. When God has told us to do something, our job is to do it exactly as God has said. We cannot fail to do that and claim to have faith. Going back to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, we find that Noah prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. The building of an ark by the dimensions which God ordained was not a trivial undertaking. It was a massive job. That would prove to be 120 years in the doing. That's Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. It required a tremendous amount of labor, an intimidating amount of labor if you think about it. 
and it proved to be worthy of all the caution that had to be exercised to build it according to the exact dimensions that God had specified. We can see in the building of it the painstaking care of complete obedience. This was faith at work. He took God at his word and built just as God had said. Every stroke of the axe, every swing of the hammer was an open declaration to what had to have been a very skeptical world of his faith. This activity did not stop until the task was done, for his faith did not waver. There is another tremendous lesson for us. We have been given a job to do by God, and our activity in that task cannot stop until the job is done. And it will not be done until the Lord Jesus returns or until we pass from life to await the judgment. We have to keep on working. As we move on back to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, look at what Noah's obedient faith did, by which he condemned the world. What does that mean? Noah's obedience placed the whole world in rebellion against God, for it showed that faith on their part could have saved them. Noah's preaching was not in vain, for he and his household were saved. Their salvation only held up the condemnation of the world that refused to believe and that left God out of its thinking. Jesus later used this very same kind of reasoning when he said in Matthew chapter 12, verses 41 and 42, the following. The men of Nineveh shall stand up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. In this same way, Noah condemned his generation who had the same opportunities to exercise obedient faith. As a matter of fact, in the same way, he shall also condemn the multitudes throughout the centuries and of our time who have not rendered obedience to the word of God. Note once more from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7 that Noah became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. An obedient faith in God's word made Noah an heir of righteousness with God's blessings on him and his household. God was with Noah in the flood, but he was also with him after the waters had gone. Think about this. All the blessings that God had purposed for mankind were made possible through Noah. It rested on Noah and his house to replenish the earth and preserve mankind and that man's Redeemer should come through him. Now in closing, let us note that Noah's salvation from the flood became a type of our salvation from sin. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, we read, Who once were disobedient, when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. And corresponding to that, Baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thus the water became the dividing line, for by it the ark was lifted out of the depraved world and transported into a purified world. 
and in the same likeness, baptism lifts us from the state of sin and transplants us into a state of righteousness and justification in Christ Jesus. Oh, my friends, let us all walk in the same obedient faith of our great ancestor, Noah. The story of Noah, a truly wonderful story to consider. Thanks for listening.